Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Last Sunday's service concluded with words from Albert Schweitzer. At times, our own light goes out, he said, and is rekindled by a spark from another person. Each of us has cause to think with deep gratitude of those who have lighted the flame within us. Today, as we begin the week that culminates in the winter solstice, I'm thinking of light and warmth and of the ways we kindle a spark in one another, especially in these dark days. Ben Zander is the storied British conductor of the Boston Philharmonic Orchestra. With his wife, family uh, therapist Rosamond Stone Zander, Ben wrote a book called The Art of Possibility. It's full of stories of people sparking inspiration in one another. This morning, I want to share two of those stories as an invitation to imagine ways we can spark the fire of imagination, creativity, and generativity in each other's lives and in the world. The first story is about the consummate violinist Felix Kummer. The great Kolish Quartet had the singular distinction of playing its entire repertoire by heart, including impossibly complex modern works of Schoenberg, Webern, Bartok, and Berg. The attention and presence required of the players in every performance is hard to fathom. Eugene Lerner was the violinist for the quartet in the 1930s. His stories about their remarkable performances often included a hair-raising moment when one player or another had a memory slip. Although he relished the rapport that developed among the four of them without the encumbrance of music stands, he admits there was hardly a concert in which some mistake did not mar the performance. In one concert, in the middle of the slow movement of Beethoven's string quartet, Opus 95, just before his big solo, it was he who suddenly had an inexplicable memory lapse. He literally blanked. The first violinist, Rudolf Kolisch, and cellist, Benner Heifetz, were both playing with their eyes closed, deeply absorbed in the music, and unaware that Lerner had dropped out. Why? Felix Kuhner, playing second violin, was playing Lerner's melody. He had come in at the viola's designated entrance without missing a beat, the notes perfectly in tune and voiced like a viola on an instrument tuned a fifth higher. 
Regaining his composure, Lerner was nonetheless stunned. Offstage, after the performance, he asked Kuhner how he could possibly have known to jump in and play. Kuhner answered with a shrug. I could see that your third finger was poised over the wrong string, he said. So I knew you must have forgotten what comes next. At times, our own light goes out and is rekindled by a spark from another person. Each of us has cause to think with deep gratitude of those who have lighted the flame within us. We have an infinite capacity to light a spark of possibility, writes Penzander. Abundance rather than scarcity is the context. Our universe is alive with sparks. The spiritual practice of kindling a spark is to keep ourselves in a state of anticipation, readiness and willingness to be moved and inspired. We keep the faith that others will welcome the invitation, are eager to be sparked. We are ready to catch their sparks. We offer our spark. We pass on what lights us up. It is about playing together in a field of light. And what if someone doesn't want to play? We all know the way a no can be like a wet blanket. A no limits our choices. We can almost hear the flame sputtering out. Can we get past their entrenched ways of doing things and their fear of new possibilities? Can we stay engaged and look for another way in? Can their no invite our more passionate yes? Legendary modern dancer and choreographer Martha Graham said, there is a vitality, a life force, an energy, a quickening that is translated through you into action. And because there is only one of you in all time, this expression is unique. If you block it, it will never exist through any other medium and it will be lost. The world will not have it. It is not your business to determine how good it is, nor how valuable, nor how it compares with other expressions. It is your business to keep it yours clearly and directly, to keep the channel open. It is our business to tend the spark. One moment, I have to tend the microphone. There we go. Here's a second story. Maybe it's like a doggy. Stay. Okay. <laughs> ben Zander believes that music is the way to so much good. When he learned of the Arthur Anderson Company's involvement with a government-run program to improve a group of failing schools in London, he immediately volunteered to introduce the students there to European classical music. Arthur Anderson agreed to fund an appearance by London's Philharmonia Orchestra for a very special concert for them. 
the first step. Ben's solo appearance to do some teaching was held in a school gym. Ben writes, the Eastleigh School is located in the toughest, bleakest section of London's Docklands District. I was surprised to see that all the children were under 16. 16 being the age at which the students are legally able to leave school. Maggie Montgomery, the indomitable head of school, explained that it would take nearly an hour to seat all 1,100 students, and their rowdiness was likely to be uncontrollable. She greeted Ben's proposal for a two-hour session with bemused disbelief, predicting that 15 minutes of European classical music would be stretching it. But she gave Ben a big green go, saying, do whatever you think you can do. On the day of Ben's presentation, in addition to the students and their teachers, 100 executives and clients from Arthur Anderson swelled the crowd to over 1,200. TV cameras and a crew from the BBC arrived to film the event. The Guardian newspaper carried a story with the disheartening headline, Education Action Zone May Fail. There are a few ways to respond to that kind of doomsaying. One is to sink. Another is to try to ignore it, put your head down, and just keep going with the word fail, 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 playing on endless repeat. And yet another is to take it as a goad, to bust out your superhero moves, and take flight. And somehow, whether or not the students heard about the headline, they went for option three. Sparks were flying. And by the end of two hours, Ben Zander had them singing Beethoven's Ode to Joy in German. Plans began in earnest to bring in the London Philharmonia Orchestra. It was a huge production. A warehouse was secured with seating for more than 1,200, plus an 80-piece orchestra. And chairs, a stage, and a platform for the television cameras were built. Ben donated the cost of renting a 25-foot movie screen behind the stage. So the students... <laughs> so the students... It's dead. Um, could see the interaction between the conductor and the orchestra. When the students arrived, they greeted Ben's appearance with wild applause. Here was someone who believed in them. Over the next two hours, he introduced them to the high drama of Beethoven's Coriolan overture, the tender pathos and tragedy of Tchaikovsky's Romeo and Juliet, and the sparkling divertimento in D, written when Mozart was the age of the oldest children in the audience. And then the grand finale, Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. As the orchestra arrived at the final movement, Ben Zander did something absolutely inspired. Seated in the 11th row, a 10-year-old named Anthony had been moving his whole body with the powerful rhythms of the music. Ben brought him up on stage and handed him his baton. He writes, the unselfconscious reaction to the music he exhibited in his seat did not prepare me for the highly energetic, utterly convincing conducting he displayed on the podium. Astonished looks on the faces of the orchestra players made it evident that they were being led, inspired, and energized by this child who had never before seen 
a symphony orchestra. For a minute and a half, Anthony was a dynamic artistic force with powerful gestures and an ecstatic countenance. And when it was over, he was a child again, covering his face in embarrassment as his schoolmates roared and stamped their excited response. A television camera from a local TV station trained on the screen behind the stage caught his image in their lens. And that night, on the 10 o'clock news, all of Britain saw Anthony conduct the London Philharmonic Orchestra in the finale of Beethoven's Fifth. At times, our own light goes out and is rekindled by a spark from another person. Each of us has cause to think with deep gratitude of those who have lighted the flame within us. Beloved spiritual companions, we have an infinite capacity to catch a spark and pass on what lights us up. Let us imagine ways we can spark the fire of imagination, creativity, and generativity in each other's lives and in the world. If you see that your friend's third finger is poised over the wrong string, take over for them. If you see a 10-year-old lost in the music, hand them the baton and let them conduct. In these dark days, let us play together in a field of light. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email at office at ASCBoston.org or through our Facebook page. If you would like to support the good work of Arlington Street Church, please consider a contribution by checking the mail or through our website, ASCBoston.org.